0: For more information, visit multrimobile.com. Welcome to Maximize Your Hunt, the podcast dedicated to those who want the most out of their hunting property. This podcast explores land management, habitat improvement, and hunting strategies that will help you maximize your time in the field. Follow along as industry professionals that live and breathe whitetail deer Share their secrets to success. And now, the founder of Whitetail Landscapes, your host, John Teeter.
1: Hi, I'm John Teeter Whitetail Landscapes. This is Maximize Your Hunt. Welcome back. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. We're in the midst of hunting season. It's gun season for a lot of people, and hopefully, success is, is on the horizon for everybody, or you've already had a successful season. I'm doing well. Uh, this is going to be a busy week for me. Uh, a lot of client uh, consulting discussions and opportunities that I'm working through for 2024. Most of my clients are in 2024 now. So if you are contacting me, just have awareness of that. Eventually, there's going to be a wait list and I, hopefully everyone can deal with, with that because you know I, I can only take on so many clients on an annual basis. But we're going to get back with a buddy of mine. Anthony Barnum has been on this podcast before. You know, he's a gear guru in my mind, but we're going to talk about his hunting season and then we're going to hit on some of the highlights and things that he focused on. Anthony's a very analytical person, he's an engineer by trade. Anthony also has some status updates. Now, if you remember, he talked about his property and he was going through the logging process. And I think it's important to hit on, you know, his strategy like around that particular property and what he expected out of it and then how that shifted throughout the season. And so, you know, you can log a property right up to hunting season or even during hunting season and find success. And so we'll we'll hear a little bit more about that and his perspective on things. Anthony, are you on online? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can right. you hear me okay? Great man. Welcome back. How you doing? What's going on in your world? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, had uh, had a pretty
2: good uh Deer season so far um, you know bow season ended up being a, a little bit slow for for me and, and my two boys that are hunting with me um, but we've uh, really done pretty well so far during during uh, gun season so yeah it's uh, it's been um, you know been a, a fun ride especially watching the boys uh, come into their own and uh, you know be
1: able to take a couple of deer so let's talk a little bit about your circumstance you hunt locally so you and I live around each other you've got a spot up here that you hunt you also hunt uh, down in Western New York, you've got your family farm, and of course, you've got the property that you've purchased. You inherited some land, and you have land that you've purchased yourself. Where did you spend the majority of your time?
2: Yeah, so we've uh, we've probably you know during during archery season, we uh, ping pong back and forth between the property that we have access to up here in the Central New York area, and um, the farm, um, the family farm that uh, I inherited, um, you know, in St. County. Uh, we didn't uh, hunt much on the 30 or so acres that I own um, you know close to that family farm because it was you know undergoing a, a logging operation that uh, you know started back in you know March of this year um, so you know that that logging operation has been ongoing for quite some time we're, we're finally at the point where you know the, the trees of value that I had marked uh, to be cut are out and, and have been sold and you know, we're in uh, we're in discussions with a logger about um, you know, going back in, um, you know, after season is over here in the January timeframe, uh, to go grab some uh, some of the tops for uh, firewood and, and to move some of the, the tops around uh, strategically. Um, you know, to uh, to uh, place them in in areas where I want to additional cover. So. Um, that's kind of kind of where things um, stand uh, with that. Um, but you know, back to to bow season, we kind of we bounced back and forth uh, between you know the, the local property and, and the property that's a couple hours away. Um, I do not have permission to hunt um, that property uh, during firearms season, so we've spent uh, all of firearms season uh, on our our family farm um, a couple hours away.
1: Good, good. And it's, it's nice to have options and you do have options, which is the kind of the beauty of, you know, having these opportunities to kind of look at different deer dynamics and herds and caliber and quality and all those things. And over the years, I've always been intrigued. You know, I, I, you know, my family farm isn't, isn't that far from your property down in Western New York. I don't hunt down there uh, anymore. I'd like to go back and hunt down there. But uh, I'm kind of localized here in, in Syracuse or just south of Syracuse. But the quality of hunting in some of these areas uh, in New York State is phenomenal. Not, not only from a, a deer number standpoint, but from a quality standpoint. Herd ratios are, are more in check than people think. Some folks are managing deer. You know, some of this caliber, um, and we'll talk about the buck that you killed this year. You know, it's, it's, it's probably more the higher end spectrum of quality in the state. And uh, that's not to say that there's other areas, you know, beyond Western New York that are, that are not, you know, that are, that are just as good. There, there are, I've been to some really good properties throughout this state specifically, but South of you in Pennsylvania, and then uh, West of you in Ohio, I've been in those areas and and just have seen some differences. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your boys, family traditions. So you've got your son, uh, your two boys, and then both those know your your son Trevor this is his first year gun hunting correct
2: yeah this is his first year Uh, so he turned 12 in the middle of October Uh, 12 is the the legal age where you can um you know bow hunt and and now uh you know hunt with a firearm as well uh, as long as you have a mentor with you so uh, this is his first year deer hunting um you know he he worked uh, really hard over the summer um shooting his bow and and making sure that he was proficient with that, Um, you know, super amped up and and excited for archery season to hit. Um, And, uh, you know, he, uh, he was chomping at the bit to get out in the woods. Um, And yeah, so that, that was, you know, really encouraging and and exciting to see that, uh, you know, he was, he was taken to it. And unfortunately he wasn't able to to connect with his bow, um, but he was able to take his first buck uh, with a crossbow right at the end of, uh, right at the end of archery season, the last weekend of, of archery season before, um, the firearm season hit. So, um, yeah, he, uh, he was, like I said, successful and, uh, you know, super pumped, tickled, um, to uh, be able to take that deer. And
1: just for everyone's awareness, was that a year and a half that he killed?
2: Yeah, it was a year-and-a-half-old spike buck. Um, but, uh, you know, the size of the antlers couldn't compete with uh, the size of the smile on his face. And it was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. And I I think I mentioned on the podcast I just did, uh, did a solo podcast. I talked a little bit about some family traditions with me. And my son, you know, next year will be his first year. So appreciate you sharing that. Now, your older son, who's hunted for a few years now, he's—how old is he now? He's 14 now. Yep. Okay. So Timothy's 14, and he's been able to hunt um, and, and harvest deer up to this point. And how did his season go? Uh,
2: he, uh, he had a pretty slow, um, you know, archery season. Um, you know, he did get a couple of shots at uh, does that, um, you know, he just, just didn't quite connect, you know, shot over the top of, of two different does, you know, jumped the string on them or, or whatever. Um, he set a goal for himself this year that uh, he didn't want to shoot a buck that was, you know, any less than two and a half years old it was something that, you know, was completely up to him. You know, he created that goal for himself unprompted by me and, uh, you know, he stuck to his guns. He had plenty of opportunities at you know, young bucks, year and a half old bucks, um, but you know, he, uh, he didn't take the shots. Um, and he was holding out for a two and a half year old and, um, never really got an
1: opportunity, uh, during archery season for one. So this is how I'll define you as an individual. And I'll, I'll, I'll take this, uh, don't, don't take this wrong or, or bad. Um, you're a very patient person, um, whether you know it or not, you're patient, you're patient with your boys. <laughs> um, you know, you're also considerate of, of the options that you have on the table. And again, being very analytical, you tend to, uh, <laughs> dig deeply into topics. And, and here's, here's what I'm going to, I wonder him having that perspective. He wanted to improve uh, his experience and his experience being able to harvest his harvest experience, harvesting an older animal. It's interesting that he was able to find that on his own. Um, what do you think pushed him to that point? What do you think was it that was a behavior What's happened at home? You know, what, what made him shift into that mindset?
2: Yeah, you know, I can't help but, you know, thinking that you know, my perspective on things uh influenced him. You know, he's he knows that I'm targeting older gear, you know, three and a half or even four and a half and, and older. Um and you know, so I, I think that certainly rubbed uh, off on him. Um that being said, you know, he was able to take his uh, first bucks, you know, one with archery equipment and uh, one with a gun in the 2021 season. Um, you know, both of those were year and a half old bucks. And, and you know, he was, you know, completely happy, very, very uh, happy with those deer. Um, but he's, he's also, you know, very driven himself. You know, he's a, a super smart kid um, and likes to challenge himself. And, um you know, so I think the combination of having taken a couple of uh, young bucks already, um, you know, the influence that you know that I have on him, um, you know, whether it's it's intentional or not, uh, plus his drive um, you know to improve himself and to succeed, uh, really really played a role in that, I think.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to figure out how children collectively, you know garnish or, or excuse me, figure out these opinions or form these opinions based upon their environment. Or in some cases, you know, in like you and I, we have both evolved. You know, my my father didn't push large quality deer until I started pushing large quality deer, and he saw the benefits. And, you know, that played right into his idea of, of being patient and perseverance. So I want to flip this, the topic on you. You shot a buck in the 140s this year. Okay, so everyone's listening to me, you know, rant and rave about caliber quality antler quality those type of things this is a top end deer period no question about it one of the best deer that you've had on the farm this year i don't know if you have any history with him but let's go through the hunting season and how you killed this deer collecting data Um, and then i want to go back and i want to talk a little bit about you know your your other property where you've done the work what observations you've had and what your plan going forward is but let's let's dig into this deer Do, do we name this deer does he have a name
2: yeah. So, um, it, it's funny, I, you know, I always consult with my kids, you know, I've got four kids, the two, two older boys that we've already talked about. Then I've got a younger boy, um, who's 10 years old and, and my daughter's my youngest and, and she's eight. So, uh, when I get, uh, you know, a picture, um, of a good deer on camera, you know, I usually will consult with them to, you know, kind of uh, figure out a name for the deer so we know who we're talking about, uh, when, when we are discussing the deer. And, um, yeah, so we were looking at these pictures of, of this particular deer. Uh, I think the first one that I had, him, had of him this year was in early September. And my daughter uh, came up with the name Turner uh, for him because if you look at his picture, the, the tops of his tines all turn in toward the, the center. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that was kind of a, a, a clever name for him. So Turner was the name that uh, stuck.
1: I like it. So yeah, kids are funny. My kids named uh, one of my target deer blue and uh, I don't know where that came from. I think my daughter was coloring and she goes, we'll call him blue. So, uh, (laughs) you know, whatever, whatever shape or form, uh, you know, uh, meaningful or not, that's, that's funny. All right. So this deer, have you had history with him in the year prior, year prior to that? Because deer sometimes come and go.
2: Yeah. So The, the deer uh, that I shot this year, I only had on trail camera, um, maybe two or three times last year. Um, never, never, uh, saw him in the, in the flesh. Um, like I said, only, only had a couple of pictures of him um, all at night. Um, last year in 2021, uh, you know, the first picture that I got of him, his his body just looked huge. I was thinking, oh man, that's gotta be at least a a four-year-old deer, um, Then I had one picture later on in the season, you know, after the rut, you know, post-rut time frame where they're really focusing on food, and his body looked, you know, substantially smaller, and I don't know if, if the first picture, you know, really... Um, it was was not you know wholly accurate you know just didn't didn't look um, like how he how he actually looked made him look bigger sure. or if he was completely run down uh, after the rut um, and you know his, his body just uh, looked substantially smaller uh, afterward but um, I knew I knew he was a good deer he was a uh, mainframe eight point I didn't see any stickers or, or kickers or anything on him last year. Um, but only had those three pictures, and, like I said, in no no real history
1: with them other than those pictures, never actually saw them. How did that data so did any of that information other than the deer survived relate to your hunting opportunities this year? Were there annual trends or bits of data timeline or anything like that 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 worked into your success this year?
2: yeah, so how how it worked out. Um, I only ever had that deer on one camera, which was. You know, very much on the uh, western edge of the property that I'm uh, able to hunt. Um, you know, our our uh, family farm. So what that what that told me to do was basically get more cameras out in that area and see if I could figure out how he's using the area and um, you know get more more data, more intel on him. And, and so I deployed. Uh, two more cameras uh, around that, that same area and actually ended up getting him much more frequently on one of those two new cameras, two two new camera locations uh, than what I had uh, the previous year. So that that's really how it, it helped me out um, in gathering information and in, in intel uh, to help me kill the deer.
1: Yeah, and so that everyone who follows this podcast listens to Steve Shirk, the clustering of cameras example, that's exactly what he does and that's perceptionally you know how he breaks a deer down understanding why and where they're using an area and then puts a timeline together um so you know credit to you anthony for you know putting more information and gaining intel in order to kind of facilitate you know thinking through his his potential demise at this point so let's all right let's let's roll into the kill like what's the history what happened let's let's get into the punch here
2: yeah. So, um, I, I tried, I tried, you know, real hard to catch up with that deer, uh, during archery season, uh, actually had him on camera, you know, midday tending a doe and, and you know, throughout, uh, you know, this, this really kind of thicker area where I had most of my pictures of him, um, you know, I, I got pretty aggressive or what I thought was pretty aggressive, uh, took my saddle and platform setup and, and got within, you know, 125, 150 yards of where I knew that deer was. He was actually bedded down in front of one of my cameras, um, you, know, on, you know, right before I went and, uh, you know, made that setup that play played to, uh, to go get him. Um, and, you know, continuing to get to pictures throughout the day. Uh, he, he was in there moving around, um, you know, like I said, tending this doe. And those, those deer were all over the place in there. And I, I just never laid eyes on them. They never got out uh, into the open where I could actually uh, see them. Uh, my hope was, you know, in, in making that play that the, the doe would, you know, come out and be looking for a, a bite to eat. And there was a, a clover field, um, you know. Uh, I was between them and a clover field where she may decide that she want to go get a bite to eat, bites eat. And um, it just never really worked out that way. They stayed right in there and um, never got a look at them. Um, I ended up having some more uh, pictures of him uh, after that, and um, one of the pictures kind of tipped me off to where he might be bedding um, at, during the day. Uh, so I, I got uh, got a picture shortly after dark. Uh, com- he was coming out of an area that we call the peninsula, and, and, and inside this peninsula, it's you know it's kind of a a hardwood, um, you know, peninsula of woods, and uh, back toward the, the back edge of it, there's this uh, creek with a, a, a knoll and, and ridge. And, you know, af- with, with that picture, um, Ken told me that he might be spending some time in there uh, bedded. So having not been able to catch up with him during archery season, um, the last weekend of, of archery, actually uh, during a rainstorm, took one of my, uh, mobile, uh, stands and, uh, running gun kind of, uh, units and set up a stand for him. Uh, the of going in there and, and trying to get on him during the opening week of, or opening weekend of, of firearm season, um, you know, right on this, this draw, this, this Creek and, in Ridge system. And, um, you know, so I hung the stand, got it set up and, uh, you know, ready to go for the opener. Now, um, you know, in New York with, uh, youth hunters, um, they, they do need a mentor. I mentioned that earlier. And, um, on the gun opener, I had my son, uh, my second boy, Trevor with me. And so he was able to, uh, use the stand that I set up back in that draw and I actually climbed up above him with my saddle and, and platform. Uh, you know, so we were, we were together, um, for those who hunt in new york and were out there uh for the the opener at least in western new york um you know a good portion of the state got quite a bit of snow especially in the buffalo area uh we only had a a few inches of snow where i hunt in steuben county but the weather was uh, pretty brutal you know it was about 20 degrees which you know in and of itself isn't horrible but uh you know we had winds sustained winds of 15 miles an hour or more with, um, just, you know, pushing 30 or maybe even 40 at times. So it was, uh, it was pretty difficult to sit there all day. And, you know, around nine o'clock in the morning, um, my, my son needed to get down out of the stand. He was just too cold. Um, you know, couldn't feel his toes, couldn't feel his fingers. And, you know, I, I, I try to uh, give give the boys the best gear that, uh, that I can give them. That way, you know, they're comfortable um, or as, as comfortable as possible. And, you know, they stay excited and, and engaged in the hunt. But, you know, with those those temperatures and those winds, uh, he just couldn't hack it. So, uh, fortunately, you know, about an hour before, he decided he wanted to get down. My dad had uh, shot a doe, so he needed to help, um, you know, getting that doe out of the woods and, and dragged down um, and, and hung up. So um, both my boys ended up uh, helping him out with that, and I stayed in the stand. Um, and, you know, so that was that was at 9 o'clock, like I said, and at 9.30 I had a doe uh, work her way in, and, you know, I'm kind of watching her, and I see some, some movement uh, behind her. Um, get the binoculars up uh, on that deer, and I could tell almost immediately that uh, it was my target buck, uh, Turner. Um, you know, so Turner has a couple of, um, you know, a couple of characteristics that you know make it make it really easy uh, to identify him. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that all of his his tines kind of curve in toward the, toward the center. But he also has um, you know, what looked like scarring along his uh, backbone on, on both sides of, of, of his back. And uh, that was immediately evident when I pulled up the binoculars and even through the brush and twigs and branches and, and stuff that I was looking through. So I knew it was him and you know, they came in and um, got to about 100 yards away and there just there wasn't any uh, any shot opportunities for me too much too much brush couldn't find a, a hole to shoot through. And um, he ended up uh, bedding down uh, at about 100 yards um, with that the doe that he was with uh, bedded down about 50 yards away from him. And they stayed there for the next couple of hours, um, you know, right around 1130. Uh, the, the, uh, the buck got up, Turner got up, and um, started making his way toward the doe. And, you know, my, my thought, you know, during this whole... Uh, time was, you know, maybe the doe would get up and and bring them my way. Well, it, it just didn't work out that way, unfortunately. Um, she uh, she decided to get up and and as he was approaching her, uh, run the exact wrong direction, uh, like directly away from me, uh, onto the neighbor's property.
1: Yikes! Yep.
2: Yep. And you know, the the neighbors, um, they uh, they got a pretty large crew. They they own a pretty good chunk of land. Um, and I had no idea if, if there was anybody hunting over uh, where he was headed. So, um, you know, I, I was happy that I actually saw the deer. It was the first time I actually laid eyes on him uh, ever. Um, but, you know, I, I was kind of afraid that he was going over there and uh, you know, going to get shot. And, you know, fortunately, I didn't hear any shots uh, from over that way and um, decided to, to stick it out, um, And you know, over the next uh, couple of hours, um, you know, bunch of different thoughts running through my mind, you know, is he going to come back out? You know, I'm, I'm obviously in an area that he's comfortable with, maybe the doe will bring him back. Um, and right around, uh, 1:30, uh, had a doe and a fawn, uh, come back through, uh, closer to me this time, maybe, uh, 45 or 50 yards away. And, um, you know, shortly, uh, shortly thereafter, you know, five, 10 seconds afterward, uh, the, the buck came
1: through and, um, I was able to, uh, put a shot on him and and uh, put him down. It's amazing sometimes how things work out when you're patient. And yep. uh that's a story of being persistent. I'm interested uh you said Trevor he got out of the stand so he went a different direction than where the deer probably entered that particular area, correct? I mean, he, how did he escape out of there without busting him?
2: Yeah. So um, he ended up. So the the deer first came in from the exact opposite direction that uh, Trevor went out on. So uh, that worked out really well. Um, our, our access to that area is somewhat intrusive, um, but the you know the the way that uh, that we came in is the same way that he went out, and he didn't push anything as far as I could tell. So that worked out pretty well.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny sometimes uh, that's just by chance or what have you. But you know, it's it's funny the way these things work out or meant to be. Um, and also, you didn't know what was happening in the neighborhood, so you had to have faith. And obviously, the spot you had scouted and laid out gave you some opportunity. Now, the buck itself, you know, how old do we think the steer is? What would be your guess?
2: Um, you know, I, I would guess at least four and a half, in in maybe uh, five and a half. I you know last year the twenty twenty one picks um that I have of, had of him um I would have guessed that he was four and a half then uh except for after the season uh that that made me think maybe he was three and a half so he's anywhere from four and a half to five and a half I think
1: now do you plan on sending the incisors in Are you gonna do that or are you you gonna you just gonna go with the tooth wear
2: no i'm I'm definitely gonna send them in um okay. I, I've got a, a couple of sets that. You know, I've been waiting on uh, to send in, uh, just procrastinating, I, I guess. So I'm going to send a few different sets in uh, at the same time and and see what the results are.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. And I think that's probably worth worth your while to do that. So you know, it's 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 fun, right? Um, you've got areas that are highly pressured around you. You've got areas that some people are are managing for older age class deer, and then you've got your property where. It's a little bit of a smorgasbord, right? You're trying to manage, yet you have, obviously these these young boys, you know, I guess trying to establish themselves as hunter. You, hunters, you've got your your family members that that spend some time in the woods and are usually pretty successful. Um, and you're able to capitalize. You've been waiting a long time to kill a buck like this. This is uh, this is probably one of the biggest deer that have been shot on that farm, correct? Oh, absolutely, okay. yeah. Uh, Without a doubt. Yeah. And you've killed, you've killed big bucks over the years. Your strategy has changed. I think when we first, you know, we first met you and I, you know, you were kind of running gun, doing deer drives, like the strategy evolved. Uh, you've done some, you've had some consultants out to take a look at your property. Um, you've also, yep. your mind sh- has shifted a little bit in collaboration with, with me and things that we've talked about. Um, but you're you're really like this year, I would say, and you've killed some great bucks. I mean, there's no doubt you've killed some studs, um, you know, locally and then then down that way. You know, I I just I think it's it's uh, your ability to stay focused and uh, collect data. You're running a lot of cameras. You're analyzing the data. You've got history on these deer, and you've got some you've got some deer for the future that I, I hope make it. And uh, you know, hopefully, one of these next year targets bucks, you know you may even exceed, you know, the score of this particular deer. And not that score matters, but boy, if it was a five-year-old buck, you know, reaching that potential is is really something special in in any area, uh, particularly in in Western New York or on on those farms, knowing what the hunting pressure is like around you. How do you feel about all that? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I'm definitely fortunate to... uh, be, have, be able to have um, you know a, a nice place to go to um, with, with good potential, um, and you know to have some like-minded neighbors that uh, you know allow those types of deer to be running around, um, you know. So. I, I'm excited for the future as well. Uh, I think I've shared pictures with you of, of a you know, really nice uh, 10 point that I'm thinking is three and a half years old right now. Um, I, I saw that deer last year, uh, 2021 in the flesh uh, as an eight point actually have his shed. Um, in 2021, uh, I thought he was a three-year-old looking at his shed. I'm pretty sure he was a two-year-old. Uh, if he was a two-year-old in 2021, he's a three-year-old 10 point in uh, 2022, that deer has some uh, potential and, um, you know, I've got a ton of, ton of pictures of him, lots of, uh, data to, to go from, um, that will, you know, hopefully allow me to, uh, make a good play on that deer, uh, if he makes it in, uh, into 2023.
1: Yeah, I think that that deer will probably, if he does, you know, survive, will we'll, uh, maybe exceed this particular deer's score, for that matter. So that that's a positive, positive. Uh, and yep. be interested to follow along and see what happens next year with you. All right, let's uh, let's let's rewind the clock, right? Because we talked originally about this property that you had purchased. You had some uh, forest work done. You've had a logger come in, and he's uh, he's taken the select trees that you've you've identified, and in concert with him have. have uh, Came to mutual terms on, and where are you at with your property? What are the things that you've currently experienced up to this point that you want to share? Yeah, so um,
2: I guess where things stand with the property, um, you know, the, the logging operation is uh, just about done. Um, it was it was much much longer uh, time frame than I originally anticipated. Um, you know, as far as how long it would take. Um, so we got started in. March of this year. And, um, you know, finally has, has everything wrapped up, uh, out excluding, uh, firewood. Um, you know, I think he wrapped things up toward the, uh, the end of October. So, um, yeah, much, much longer time frame than I originally anticipated. I had really had hoped that he'd be done like in, in August, that way things could settle down and, um, you know, the impact of the deer would be minimized. Uh, that being said, um, I have more pictures on that 30-acre property uh, than I do on, you know, the 100-acre property uh, that, uh, that um, you know, is the, the legacy uh, family farm. So, you know, it seems like the logging operation really didn't uh, hinder or, or inhibit movement of, of deer or, or make them uncomfortable in, in any real meaningful way, uh, especially, you know, young bucks, uh, does, and fawns. Um, The the larger bucks that I've had on camera uh, up there in the past uh, certainly haven't had uh, nearly as as many uh, pictures of them this year. Um, So, you know, maybe they're a bit more sensitive to the logging activities, um, but overall it it really didn't seem to impede uh, the the usage of that property um, by the deer this year. In fact, um, my older boy, uh, was able to take his uh, his biggest buck uh, yet yet off of that property uh, just this past weekend. Um, you know, nice uh, two and a half year old eight point. So you know, he met his goal of of taking a two and a half year old, and he was actually the the first uh, first one to take a, a buck off of that property uh, since I've owned it. Um, we've owned it since 2014. So um, you
1: know, he achieved his goal and uh, has the bragging rights of being the first to uh, take a buck off of there. That's great. So your next step with that property, you've got fine work to do. And I wanted to take note of one thing. Uh, for those that have probably listened to this podcast, I mean, I talked to a bunch of different consultants in the industry that do this, and I would not be scared at all to cut to cut a property uh, up into September uh, hunting season in some areas. Start in September, I'm not sure I would be in there with a chainsaw on a daily basis in September. But if your season's in October, I I, I would consider cutting up into September. I found the transitional periods and even the deer interesting gain there is, is still high. Um, you're actually providing value to the deer. Remember, think about this, the senescence period where, you know, the plant life, the herbaceous material is starting to degrade. You're dropping treetops on the ground and those treetops, if there's still, if there's a lot of greenery, which there will be in September, you're providing a lot of food value and they'll prefer that food value over something else. Now, this time of year, it's even more beneficial if, if you want to go and suck deer into your property during hunting season, and you will create disturbance. Uh, go cut some trees. I know many people that do that in areas where they don't feel are too intrusive, typically on edges of fields. So that's kind of a, a seasonal strategy you, you consider and, and something different. Um, so, Anthony, what I know you, you talked a little bit about firewood, somebody coming in and do that, and you've got some fine-tuned work. Are you going to be doing the fine-tuned work, or are you going to have the a logger come back and do it. Or are you hiring somebody? What's what's your next steps?
0: Yeah,
2: so the, the logger will um, will certainly be there to, to help out with you know moving some uh, tops around and, and uh, you know clearing out some areas if, if I choose. Um, he uh, he'll be coming back in the summer timeframe um, of 2023 when things uh, you know dry out a bit to uh you know grade trails skitter trails and um you know make sure the the logging deck is all situated and and ready to go um you know putting in water bars and and those sorts of things so um he said he's willing to spend uh you know up to two days there with his dozer doing whatever i need him to do to uh to help out um with with my management plan um i don't have a, a fine tuned plan uh at this point um you know, other than his equipment and the time that he's offered me, uh, I'll probably be doing the work myself. Um, you know, so I'm kind of in the the early stages of, uh, you know, drawing up a plan and, you know, where do I want to put food? How do I want the deer to move through? Where am I going to put bedding uh, in relation to that food to make sure that they're moving the way that I want. Um, and, and with this property, it's, uh, you know, the wind is, is very, uh, swirly. There's a couple of, uh, gullies on this property that, um, you know, just, just make the, the wind swirl quite a bit. And, um, you know, that's a huge consideration when laying this property out, um, you know, use of uh, elevated blinds to help contain scent, um, you know, that's a, that's a major factor here. So I've really got some uh, figuring to do on, uh, you know, putting together that, that final plan and, and making sure that it's all cohesive and um, is going to work for
1: my needs. Yeah. And you're lucky, you know, a guy who does this professionally that can come out and walk your property. (laughs) Um, So that is a plan for us this year. We're going to come out and we're going to probably do some shed hunting this year on your property. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how far you've come with everything. Um, You know, I appreciate you sharing everything today. I think one of the things I want to get into in the next go around discussion we have you is how to stay warm during cold periods. And uh, the other thing is you're tree stand selection, your blind selection that you're going to have to go through because at this point you know that's going to be an investment you need to make. Again, taking yep. money out of logging operation and applying it into some return um, that specific opportunity to put box blinds throughout the property I think will be very advantageous and family oriented and, and kind of building that tradition of fun because I think getting cold sucks. I mean, there's no there's no bones about it but having something that protects you and then limits like the wind impact that we've talked about before. So I think that's that'll be critical. So I think we'll end there um we'll follow back up with you you know see how things are going shed season will probably be our next discussion and you know hopefully i'll have a chance to get out and, and observe everything you've got going on and, and probably give you my two cents on things because you know i don't shut up uh we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll talk a little bit more and uh thanks for coming on on and sharing the the deer and and uh we'll probably when we put this up we'll uh we'll post the picture of that deer it's an incredible deer great western new york deer you should be more than proud of yourself and i'm happy to hear the boys did well so it's it's all good thanks john i appreciate it all right man we'll talk soon talk to you again bye yeah, sure.
0: maximize your hunt is a production of whitetail landscapes for more information on how john teeter and his team of experts can help you maximize your hunt check out whitetaillandscapes.com.